Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show, guys, and thank you, as always, for stopping in to have a little chat with me here. It is uh, Sunday morning, about uh, 11 a.m., and uh, there's always stuff going on out there that we need to cover that you need to know to be able to invest properly and uh, with a good sense of what's going on out there. So hopefully I can cover a lot of that different information for you guys this week. And uh, there's definitely a lot. We've got uh, a lot going on. we got different conferences. we got different uh, updates on Ukraine and Russia. We've got uh, new CEOs. We've got different auto shows coming back. There's just a ton of different stuff. Oh, we got CPI also. That's up this week as well. Uh, so first off, you know, we've uh, definitely been a little bit in the dark. I haven't really heard so much about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. But uh, doing a little bit of digging, I saw that uh, you know, Ukraine actually pushed uh, Russia back. They've got uh, one of their cities back under their control. And uh, I'm also hearing a lot of different talk from a lot of different Russian officials that are saying Putin needs to step down. His views are outdated. There's a lot of people kind of going against him at this moment. So ultimately, uh, I do think that is good news this weekend. I'm going to guess that futures are going to open up on that news. Plus, we've got that CPI that is projected to be lower again this week. And uh, I definitely think that is going to be a good thing as people are going to see, uh, you know, their their dollar being, well, one, we've got a strong dollar that's the highest in 20 years, but we've also got inflation cooling. Uh, I still think we're in that 75 basis point uh, talk when the Fed comes out uh, on the 21st, I believe that is. So a lot of different stuff going on out there and uh, a lot of different things that we need to know in order to invest uh, wisely. You know, having a strong dollar means the international business. Uh, when you bring those uh, that foreign currency back, it's going to look weaker against a strong dollar. So a lot of those local companies um, thinking utilities or small regional banks, uh, insurance that doesn't deal with, uh, you know, that foreign risk of uh, different money. Some of those companies are going to look strong right now. But uh, when you're looking at other companies that do deal in a lot of foreign currency, that could be a risk to their business. So just understand that uh, there's a certain time and place to invest in other other countries or other uh uh, some of the national multinationals that we have here in the States. And there's also a time to maybe look away from them. So that might be kind of where we're at. But, uh, you know, another thing that I really want to talk about is investing in companies when no one else is really looking at them, right? We've got uh, rising interest rates. You know, we are probably about double right now as to where we were on a 30-year mortgage just from a year ago. And a lot of people seem to think that housing is going to, you know, kind of remain down. But at what point is it going to turn around? Uh, I'm guessing middle of 23, we are going to maybe start seeing some cuts uh, to some of these rising rates. We're going to see some of that kind of rotate back. And, you know, if the housing market is cooling, uh, I still think these builders are really going to just start pushing out new product. 
Uh, one supply chain is coming back. We've still got a lot of demand for houses. Uh, there's a lot of people that are looking to buy, but don't really have the uh, the funds right now with the way that interest rates are going. So if we have housing prices come down and we also have interest rates come down, we're going to see a, a rise in demand for different houses. And I think that, you know, you really want to time your buys. Could you go out and buy, you know, some of these housing stocks right now? Uh, personally, I think you can. You just got to know that you're going to be waiting for uh, 9, 12 months to really start seeing these things start rolling up, in my opinion. Now, could they go up sooner if we uh, have some lower rate hikes than expected? Certainly. Or if uh, housing looks stronger, I definitely think that some of these companies are just going to be overlooked, right? So I'm looking at uh, a report from Reuters on E-Trade. I do have links in the description if you need to get started. Uh, I use E-Trade for a lot of my research and my main investing, but I also have crypto.com, Binance, and Webull. That's where we're doing the Let It Grow uh, 2022 investing challenge. You can join up the, the Facebook group and get uh, in there to get voting on what we're going to be buying in that investment challenge. We're doing $200 a week. It's my own money. We're just kind of trying to track how uh, dollar cost averaging into the market is going to fare us over the year. But that being said, I'm looking at DR Horton. Okay. And uh, currently we are trading at a 4.6 times PE. The future PE is a 4.7, so still trading remarkably cheap. Now, when I go down to the history of what their PE is, uh, they normally trade at an 11.2 times earnings. So uh, on a trailing PE basis, on a future, they normally trade at uh, 9.6 times. So trailing basis, we are at a 59% discount versus that trailing PE metric. We are also at a 51 discount on that forward PE metric. Uh, the forward price to earnings growth is a 0.4 and the five-year average on this one is a 0.7. So it is trading remarkably cheap. That is a, that's a 48% discount. Didn't mention that. Uh, so yes, they do trade cheaper than the S&P 500. S&P 500 right now is at a 21 times trailing PE uh, on the average. Uh, the future on the, the forward is a 17.6. So they do trade much lower. These are just how housing stocks tend to trade. Uh, but that being said, you know, they are forecasting um, a 10% forecasted growth for 2023. And that's in revenue. Their last uh, six quarters have been positive upside revisions. And uh there's seven strong buys, there's eight buy ratings and seven holds, no sells, no strong sells. And I do think that at some point, this is going to recover. We know that housing is in a lull. We know that, uh, you know, the rising interest rates are certainly hurting this kind of business. And for me, for one, I do think that at some point, these are going to return. Some of the industrial stocks that have been uh, neglected, they're going to return. Right. You know, the the steel, the the, you know, manufacturers, uh, Caterpillar, things like that, that have been or Honeywell, all that have been kind of neglected, kind of forgot about. They will have their day again. And sometimes I look to play ahead and get them while I think they are cheap and then build that position. 
So I don't necessarily want to wait for January, you know, March next year in order to start buying these. But if I want to start that position, I want to be able to average in over the next six months or nine months. And that way you build this base before things start rallying. Because that's my thesis. If you buy now, you know that it's going to be a while, but you do have time on your side to build that position. And, you know, if you're not buying and you're really looking to just wait and trade, you know, you can certainly do that as well. I do think that you're going to get this pop forward. Uh, you know, we're not going to stay 50% down versus that five-year average forever. It just isn't going to happen. So at some point, they're going to come rallying back. And uh, I want to be there when these stocks make that move. So for me, buying now uh, and averaging in maybe, you know, every couple weeks, every couple months is certainly a good way to build that position for what is going to be an eventual rebound in these names. Plus, I think, uh, you know, housing going forward, it's, uh, it's a long-term business and uh, it's sustainable. It's a little bit predictable. Yes, we're going to go through those boom-bust cycles, but ultimately there's going to be a spot where, you know, people are going to need a house. We are constantly going to be building. We're going to be tearing down old houses and rebuilding old areas. Uh, so I think some of these stocks are going to be a good way to go. And, uh, you know, if that's not quite your lane, you don't really like the, uh, uh, the home builders, you can certainly look at companies like Lowe's and Home Depot, where, you know, we've kind of got uh, some, some strong numbers there, but uh, I do think that they are in a bit of a lull with, you know, new buildings slowing down. You know, the contractors might not be going to buy as much material versus doing a rehab here and there. And, uh, you know, Lowe's is trading at a decent discount as well. I believe they're trading around a 14 times PE. I'll pull this one up just so we can cover it right now, just to kind of compare and contrast what, uh, what the difference in the two companies is. Uh, so when I'm looking at Lowe's, it is a, uh, at 205, uh, it's trading at 16 times. I guess the last couple of days have brought this one up. Uh, but when I pull up the Reuters report on this one, we are looking at a 14 times forward PE, currently a buy. Uh, we've got about 20% of upside. We've got uh, only about 0.7% of forecasted growth for 2023 and a little bit more on the 2024. But uh, when we go down to the trailing PE, it has a five-year average of a 23.8, currently at 16.1. So that's a 30% discount. Ford PE is a 14.3, as I just said, five-year average of a 17.7. So that's a 19% discount. So you're going to get a little bit more on that yield side going to a company like Lowe's versus a home builder, but uh, you're also going to be a little bit more safe in the fact that there's always going to be something that's going to break. You've got uh, people looking to redo their appliances or get new paint, this, that, the other, uh, plant materials, outdoor products. Versus a home builder, that's going to be more cyclical. I do think that Lowe's is going to have that more of a sustainable, uh, predictable, less tied to the the overall macro economy to some extent. But uh, either way, you're looking to buy some of these stocks when they are weaker. So in my opinion, you're getting these at a discount. Uh, certainly could be a good time to build a position in a name that has traded down with what's going on out there. So Take a look at some of these different names and understand where they come into play in that environment and know that uh, in a year or two years, 
they're going to change. And ultimately, you're buying good companies at a discount and you can build a position. So in my mind, that's where I want to be in a long-term trade. I don't want to be buying the uh, some of the different consumer staples that have run up you know, to a, uh, a PE that is much higher where they normally trade. So look at that, uh, that historic value. Look at where they're trading now. Uh, look at some of these different indicators we've talked about with RSI. If it's overbought or oversold, we can certainly use that to, to use uh, an entry point. And we can also use a lot of the different metrics as far as trailing PE, forward PE, and then some of this revenue guidance that we're looking at also to really find out a spot where we want to enter a position and then ultimately what our plans are long-term. So some of these may be a trade for you. Uh, you know, some of the home builder stocks, if we do see that 50% run backed up to the to the average on those PE basises, you can certainly trade that. But uh, at some point, it is going to be one that is going to come back. So that's what I'm looking for here. And uh, with that being said, we've got uh, some different stuff going on out there in some of these different companies. We've got uh, Starbucks has a a big investor day on uh, the 13th, which is going to be Tuesday. They've got a new CEO. They're talking about the reinvention plan. They are going to be unleashing their 23 earnings guide. Uh, they've got a roadmap coming for their new financial model, their, their long-term financial model. Uh, they're talking about their 10 to 12% EPS algorithm. Uh, one risk is that that could be revised with some of the different things going on in China and around the world. Again, some of that foreign... Uh, policy and some of that foreign money coming back to the states. Uh, but Morgan Stanley came out and said that they do uh, think that these uh, these different events are a positive to the stock price. Uh, that's kind of hi the historical trade here for uh, the, the Starbucks earnings announcements and the investor events. But uh, what do we got? We've also got uh, depressed margins for 2022. We're still talking about that. But they're also said that with uh, the new CEO and this plan to the future guidance that uh, we're going to see multiple years of revenue growth and the uh, and pricing growth, which should exceed the expense growth, which will ultimately lead to a stronger EPS uh, position for them. So a lot of different positives, a lot of different stuff coming out, uh, you know, with the return to fall, they are back to the pumpkin spice flavors, which is generally a good driver for them. And uh, with some of the different problems earlier this year, it is one of the top uh, performers in the Webull portfolio. I think we're up 20 some percent on that one. And uh, that one's actually doing pretty well for us. So I, I do think that there is a good bit of upside going forward. But uh, I'll ultimately, we'll see what this investor event says. I will be trying to get some of that those details on this one for you. Uh, and then we've got the uh, the North American International Auto Shows returning after a two-year hiatus. So we've got uh, Ford, General Motors, uh, Stellantis all coming out with different models. I think Hyundai is also going to be there. They're going to be the main uh, uh, different vehicles at the show. We've got some new EV brands coming in also. Uh, they're going to be releasing the new Mustang, the S650 model. Um, what else we got? We've got uh, another meeting with the Twitter shareholders on 913, which is going to be about uh, Elon looking to buy the company for that value of $54.20 a share. And uh, I know that there was some talks about a, a whistleblower that ultimately came out from Twitter and said, hey, look, there are a lot of bot accounts. And then Bob Iger of Disney came out and basically said the same thing. He kind of threw Elon a bone there. 
and said back in 2016, Disney was looking to buy Twitter, but ultimately they decided against it due to the amount of bot accounts that they found. And now it's going to, uh, I guess, be a court match as to what's going to happen if uh, Elon's going to be forced into buying this or ultimately, you know, if, if the deal is going to fall apart. So we are waiting for all of that different information. That was kind of a, a lot. So I'm going to take a break. Wrap your heads around what's going on out there. Uh, we got Ukraine, Russia, Starbucks, uh, that auto show and some some different Elon news that we covered. So a lot going on. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back. And uh, as always, I spent a lot, a lot of time on putting together these episodes, coming up with some different stocks for you, trying to think about all the different options, what we cover. And uh, ultimately, if you could go ahead and like and share this podcast and the group, that means the world to me. And I just want to see a strong community of people interacting, trying to talk about some different things that ultimately make us better investors. Uh, so if you could go ahead and do that for me, it would mean the world. And uh, with that being said, we are looking at five stocks for week 37. We've always got five stocks. That's what I look to do. Uh, well, sometimes they're ETFs, sometimes they're cryptos, but uh, there's five choices. That's what we got. So for week 37, we were looking at five different names. And uh, we had a consumer staple, maybe a little bit of discretionary in the name of Walmart. We had a pharmaceutical in the name of ABV, ABBV, ABBV. Yeah, I don't know if I threw in a third B in that one or not. Uh, we had two agricultural construction type names in uh, John Deere and Agco. And then we had one defense contractor in uh, the way of Raytheon, ticker is RTX. So the uh, the results are in. We are going to be buying ABV. And, uh, you know, with uh, SkyRizzy, Renvoke coming out, like all the drugs in the pipeline that they've got working on, uh, I do think it's a strong choice. Uh, I know that Humira patent is set to expire next year. That uh, is certainly going to be a, uh, a bit of a setback for them. But uh, I do think a lot of people are still going to use Humira and uh, maybe stay away from some of the biosimilars. It's still probably going to be a massive moneymaker for AbbVie. Uh, so with that dividend, the uh, the growth that we were talking about, I do think that it is going to be a solid pick for us. So thank you guys for voting. And uh, I'm going to need your votes yet again for week 38. Now, uh, I'm going to try to cover these. And what I saw about them that ultimately made me want to add uh, to these five names. So um, the first one we kind of already covered. Uh, I was talking about the home builders in the first half. And uh, I am throwing DHI, DR Horton into the mix as uh, stock number one for week 38. So we've already covered a lot of that. Uh, just to recap, it's uh, a $73 stock. It is trading at a 4.7 uh, PE multiple. And uh, when I go over the Reuters, it's got uh, about 30% upside. We are looking at... Uh, 10.9% of revenue growth in 23. They had a 12.9% dividend growth this year alone. Uh, their dividend payout is 5.8%. That is not a huge dividend payer, but they are raising them. Uh, currently, it is a 1.3% dividend yield. Uh, so that one's DR, uh, DR Horton, or the ticker is DHI. Uh, number two, we kind of started covering this one also and some of the different things that I thought could be 
a catalyst for this company. And uh, we might have to see what this report comes out and says on the 13th. But uh, that one is Starbucks. Ticker is SBUX. Uh, so it is trading right around that $88 mark, 2.2% uh, dividend yield, and uh, a lot of different things going on over there. They've got the new CEO being announced. They've got uh, you know some different products coming out. Hopefully, the, the Chinese risk is going to be um, a little bit more smooth sailing going forward with some of the lockdowns kind of expiring and uh, just some different catalysts that I think could help the company. So we've got uh, a smaller price target of about 4% of raise there. We are looking at an annual revenue increase of 22% for 2023. So that could definitely help us out there. We've got the dividend growth, about 9%. The dividend payout ratio is 55%. We look for uh, stocks that are gonna be paying under that 80% which means we have room for future dividend raises, which is a lot of what I like to see when I'm investing in dividend stocks. Not just that it's paying a high yield, but that they can continue to raise these dividends and ultimately pay us investors more per share that we own. So um, that one is, uh, that one's Starbucks. I, I will just say real quick, it is at a 38% discount on that trailing PE basis and 6% uh, based on that forward PE. So trading a little bit under where it historically trades and uh, some different catalysts that could be coming up to help this one going forward. Now, uh, the next one, I, I know I've talked to you guys about financials, uh, financial stocks being a good place with rising interest. Now, not all financial stocks are built the same. A lot of them are going to be, uh, you know, giant diversified, large cap companies that are going to do a lot of investment banking have uh, you know different investments throughout the world. And a lot of those could be big risks right now. The investment banking has definitely slowed down uh, some risk for default around the world. Uh, so when you're looking at financials right now, the local banks or the ones that aren't so heavily invested in that investment banking or uh, you know have that risk of default on loans from abroad or locally, it does help that company do better in uh, what possibly could be a recession. Okay, so this one, I went with Capital One Financial. The ticker is COF. And uh, they are a uh, more of a broad-based bank. But uh, when I pulled up some different things here, let me just go back to the, uh, the Capital One page on uh, E-Trade. And they've got uh, a range of different financial products, services to their consumers, small business and commercial clients, digital channels, branches, cafes. Uh, their segments include credit card, consumer bank, commercial banking. And uh, they're mainly U.S., a little bit of Canada and the U.K. So a lot of that risk is cut down from some of the foreign uh, risk of problems going on out there right now. So. I thought this one could be a little bit safer and still give us some room to run. Uh, they are trading at a 4.7 times PE. They are paying a dividend of about 2.25%. Reuters has this one at a 30% price target uh, upside. And where we got, we've got 17% uh, of annual revenue increases for 2023. Uh, their dividend growth. 140% in this past year. So massive raises there. Payout ratio is only 10%. So a lot left on that dividend payout ratio. 
And ever since the financial crisis of 2008, 2009, banks are a lot more stringently um, basically followed by the uh, the government and knowing that they have enough, enough funds to survive uh, some of these different stress tests that they put on the banks in order to know that they're going to survive. So I feel pretty good about this one. Uh, it's trading at a 64% discount versus its five-year average on that trailing PE, a 42% discount uh, based on that forward PE. And uh, well, when I look at price to sales, it's a 1.2, which is going to be uh, pretty low. The, the S&P 500 index average is a 2.3, and they are historically, they trade at a 1.7. So they are at a discount on that price to sales. Uh, so a lot of different things that make me think that going into a bank like Capital One, uh, trading low, it's got that 30% of upside, you've got a dividend, a lot of different things there that could really, uh, you know, kind of jumpstart that portfolio, especially when you look at uh, their deposit rates are, you know, going to be low, they're giving a lot less money out than what they are able to make on those deposits, especially with interest rates rising. So they could be in a good situation to take uh, advantage of some of these rising rates and ultimately help our portfolios. So that one is uh, number three, Capital One Financial. Um, and then the next one, we're going to move on to a chip maker. And uh, I guess there is a lot of risk of recession here. There are some different problems we got to work on, but uh, ultimately we're looking to um, really bolster our, um, I guess, uh, de defense and knowing that we are going to be strong going through any future uh, foreign relation problems uh, by you know building our own chip manufacturers here in the U.S. So this one is AMD and the ticker's AMD Advanced Micro Devices is the name and um, they are trading at eighty five dollars. Uh, no dividend on this one. Uh, the PE is at a thirty six. But uh, I do think that the chip maker stocks have been punished a little unjustly. And uh, they've been, you know, definitely down this year, about a 22% uh, down on the one year return. But when you look at a five year, 576% up. This one has about 49, I'll call it 50% upside, according to uh, 39 analysts. So this one is definitely covered by a lot of analysts. And uh, that average is 124. And like I said, we are currently sitting at 82. So definitely a lot of upside there. And when I scroll on down, we've got uh, about an 80% annual revenue growth for 2023, 59.6 for 2022, if you were wondering about that. And um, where are we at on the discounts here? We are currently trading... Uh, at a peg ratio of 0.7, which when I said before, we want to be under a number of one, anything less than a one is generally considered cheap. Uh, so when you're getting a tech stock for under a one, that is definitely a good sign. We've got a trailing PE of 34, but the five-year average is a 72. So it's a 50%, 52% discount from where it normally trades. Also a 53% discount on that forward PE metric. Uh, I think the chip space is a good spot to be. We certainly still have some uh, inventory that needs to be made up and a lot of different industries that are going to be relying on more chips. And uh, we, we've definitely seen that over the past couple of years. And we, we certainly don't want to run into those problems again. 
So I do think that that industry is going to continue to grow and AMD is going to be a good place to play that uh, that trend. 50% of upside, trading fairly low on uh, those uh, trailing PE and forward PE metrics. Um, so I, I think those four choices are very strong choices. Now, this next one, we are going back to the crypto space in the way of Ethereum. Uh, ETH is what it trades under. And uh, ultimately, with this merge coming up, to go to proof of stake, uh, I do think we are going to see a run here in the crypto markets. And this one is set to take place within the next three days. Uh, so I probably should have added this one last week. I, I guess that uh, that date kind of slipped my mind as to when this merger was going to be going through. But I do think we're going to start seeing a run here within the next week. So it might be a little late to the party for this one. But uh, let's just pull up our Webull page to see where we are at on, uh, well, one, the Let It Grow Investing investing Challenge for 2022. But we're also going to look at Ethereum and how it has been trading. And uh, where are we? Let's take a look here. When I am looking at Ethereum, we were in the 1700 range. I'm just going to pull up crypto.com because it's easier to get a lot of different uh, metrics on where Ethereum is. And I believe we're around 1700 bucks. I think Bitcoin was right around. Yeah, Bitcoin's at 21.8. Ethereum is at 17.88. So when we look at a three month, we are up 44%. But in the last month, we are down 6.6%. I do think that this one is going to run back up. Now, I just want to know if it's going to hold, which might be some of the problem because we've seen the S&P run up you know, that 15, 20%, and then people just sell that news. But uh, with this merge coming through and being uh, cheaper to operate or transact on, it's going to be faster. It's going to be a better functioning system. I do think that a lot of people are excited for this merge to happen. So for these reasons, I'm looking at Ethereum. It is my largest crypto holding. Uh, I would not mind adding more, especially at these prices and knowing what's going on on the network. So a lot of different reasons to buy any of these five. Um, so we've got recap here. We've got DR Horton, ticker is DHI, Starbucks, SBUX, Capital One Financial, COF, AMD or Advanced Micro Devices, AMD, and then Ethereum, ETH. So please, please, please get over to the Facebook page for Let It Grow Investing. If you are not on the page, just click to join up. The link is in the description. And uh, I will get you on the page and also get your votes in for week number 38. We are trying to finish this year out strong, and I certainly need your votes on these five names. So as always, thank you guys for stopping by, and uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, 
and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.